0: Hey, hello. Well, uh, this is another community coaching call. Um, today is, is potentially going to be an intimate group. We had a number of people say they were going to join. A couple of dropped out. Either a, we have some major technical issues and people are, are trying to get into this call and, and not getting on here. Or, or b, people are just lame. But I'm going to give I'm going to give benefit of the doubt and we will let people in as they come along. Well, hopefully they'll join us as as, as we continue with this call. But for those of you who are watching this recording and don't know what this is all about, this is an opportunity for members of the community to get together, get to know each other, and if they have a challenge or a question that they're struggling with and they'd like to get some feedback and another perspective from other people, this is is your opportunity. And given that we're a community that's kind of spread out geographically across the world and not all of you can get to summer camp and not all of you can get to our retreats, this is one of the ways that we can get a bit more of that kind of face-to-face connection a bit more of that spontaneity and emergence uh, that that sometimes you can't get just by typing text onto a screen. Now, um, today I've been joined, this evening I've been joined by Alan and Sasha, and I'm going to get them to introduce themselves in a bit. Uh, And if potentially it's just going to be us riffing about stuff that we uh, are interested in, and hopefully that's going to be useful. So I am going to kick off by asking, actually, since neither of you (laughs) know each other... I think I'm going to both get you to introduce yourselves because then it saves me the bother and it also seems like it's going to be useful for people. So um, I'll I'll hand over to you, Alan, and you can introduce yourself. (laughs)
1: Okay, this is a very intimate introduction rather than normally to a, a group of people where I feel I'm talking to a group. It's got quite a different feeling to it.
0: Mm. Just think of yourself as on a talk show, and uh, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to interview you really badly.
1: <laughs> okay, and that was a Jeremy Paxman-style interruption, just as I was getting to the meaning of life. I've now forgotten. So You've totally ruined it, you know, and I've been working for years on that. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, so no, the, the, the serious point is it feels very different to introduce myself to Sasha, to you. One face, one person who I now, I've now already learned before we started recording lives in New York and is visiting a family in Germany. Um, and it, it's, a, it's a very different feeling. Anyway, Sasha, um, I'm um, a business coach. I've been doing this for 15 years. Um, before then, I was 25 years uh with my own businesses of different types and before that uh 20 years growing up in a business own owning family family um and if you add that all up together you'll know you'll see that i'm looking very good for 82 um and it's you know it's the beer it's the beer that that, that does it um and that that's me yeah <laughs>
0: Your turn, Sasha. Excellent. The artificial introduction to one. Point. Um,
2: yeah. Well, it's nice. It's true. It is a very different feeling doing it for a smaller group. Uh, though in the back of my head, I'm like somebody else might be watching this at some other point. So it's always funny when the camera is pointing at you. Uh, so uh, correct. I'm I'm in Germany. I'm I'm half German. My dad is German. My mom's from Malta. Um, but I've been living in New York for the last 14 years. Um, I. St- I'm a designer by trade. I've been, been, you know, I worked for the New York Times, Google, I did uh, a lot of branding and UX design. I've also started a few companies. Um, One was, uh, the first one was uh, in the uh, sort of apparel uh, business. We made customizable laptop bags. Uh, That was sort of my first venture, uh, a a very big learning experience. Uh, The second one was uh, more of a tech product kind of in the community space, even though back then I didn't really think about it like that. It was a mix between comments and polls. It was a tool for publishers that would live underneath articles and people would be able to vote uh, or answer questions. Uh, and we got through, we got into Techstars, that's an accelerator in, in the U.S., uh, also a very good, great experience. Um and uh, you know that venture we we ran it quite long. I think we were we we were operating for around five years, and ultimately we we didn't get sort of the growth that VCs want to see. So rapidly. Um it's still one of the things I'm actually most proud of making because the product we had at the end was was quite nice. And I've been you know since then I've been freelancing. I built a bunch of apps, um, and now I'm starting a new thing that's very much uh, in the community building space, actually, and also very much, a, you know, my, my background is sort of in the product design world, so it's kind of community plus product
0: design. Cool. Wow. That, that's a lot we could just spend time unpicking right there. <laughs> um, I hope it wasn't too long. I, I just, no, well, we got time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we got time to burn, so that's all good. Um now, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated uh, by two things. Firstly, is that first journey with the, 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 the laptop uh, apparel stuff. Uh, and then it's the, um, it sounds like, a bit like a kind of a Quora type thing or not even the, yeah. the tools.
2: Um, things. The tool was called Ertak, which Ur-tac. is an Icelandic word for a statistical sample. So it was really a public opinion tool. So what would happen is at the end of the article, you would get our embeddable widget and you would get served these cards. Each card was a yes or no question. And you would simply answer, do you, do you like, did you enjoy this article? Yes, no. Did you agree, do you agree with the author? And so on. And you would get the result right away, which made it really addictive because it's kind of fun to compare yourself with everyone else. And then you would get another question right after. So we got, you know, the engagement rates were really high because it was so addictive, in a sense. Um, so people answered like 40, 50 questions in a session. Oh. And then, so that's very much like a poll. The reason it was like comments is anybody could add their own question. So sort of tapping into the wisdom of the crowd. Um, yeah, that was that was the tool.
0: And and was that your idea to start? Did you spark that off, or was that a so?
2: Um, it, this is actually an
0: idea of
2: uh, uh, Mark, who founded the company with his Harvard roommate Aaron, and then I read about their project somewhere randomly. I, I was still working at the Times actually when I uh, met them, and I said, "This is a really cool project. Uh, you know, I'd like to you know the design." You know, it's I can I feel like there is a really great idea there, but like it's it's a little clunky to use and it, it might be a little difficult to understand. I'd love to help you guys. So I just, uh, it was kind of a side project initially. Um, and, you know, I feel like I've gotten this advice and I, I, I also tell other people like side projects are really important because, you know, they can lead to lots of, you learn things and they lead to other things. So this was a side project for me, which then, at some point turned into my <laughs> you know exactly my you know my new gig
0: and what do you think it is about side projects that that that, that you feel is good and to, other than the serendipity of it there's something well
2: to- I, I think it lets you explore things you usually wouldn't and experiment because yeah if it goes wrong no big deal you know you, you're a little more adventurous maybe and uh you venture out into places maybe that you haven't been and it's a good way of exploring and and experimenting um and that often leads to new things because if you stay in your job sort of all the time or you you do one thing you know and and you're not and i think the the exploring and experimenting is really important but it's very hard to do i think if you're you know, if you're very focused on one thing, you don't, you're don't. you maybe scared of risking something else. So doing the side project thing kind of keeps things uh,
0: fresh. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I like, well, for me, there's the idea of it's, it, there's not as much pressure. So like you said, yeah. you, can, you can play around with ideas. Um, and we have a number of members who are, who are trying to push that side project on. The challenge is always um, time. Mm-hmm. Trying to devote enough time to that side project and energy. Oh, well, actually, creative energy as well. How, how did you manage the...
2: Yeah, it was intense. I mean, I was working at the New York Times full time. So then I had like meetings with them at 8 a.m. in the morning or after work. Um, and things were moving slow, which, you know, that sort of worked out because I was helping out for free. But, you know, I, I got more and more engaged. And, uh, you know, I saw the potential of the project. Uh, but i think i was doing the side project thing for over a year
0: oh yeah wow so, that's a long long time yeah. to date
2: i had a lot of energy when i was yeah, 10 years ago i guess i still try to have a lot of energy but i, I had a lot more energy back then.
0: yeah it was, I, th- I feel when we are younger we got a lot like a lot quicker recovery time that's yeah, that's the problem it's, it's trying to recover yeah, that's, it takes a bit longer Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. You can pull those whole all night. I could pull a whole all nighter right now, but uh, it'd take me a week to get back into the zone. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, I just one last question around that. Then, what was the what was the switch? When did you say, "All right, this is no longer a side project," and convince you to actually, "I'm all in now."
2: Uh, Techstars was the thing just because we got into the accelerator program and it made most sense Um, yeah I mean I was already I was very convinced about the project early on but somehow that seemed like now we're gonna do it full-time and yeah but it's a good question I don't think that's a very helpful answer I'm fascinated
0: because that's that's one of the things I think very
2: difficult when decide
0: yeah. So I just interrupted you. Yeah, it's. It, I'm fascinated by it because it's kind of the question a lot of people with that side hustle have, and even whether you're even just full all into something, it's just like, I think we were talking about it before. It's like the whether you take the risk or you or you move on, that pivot or persevere yeah. kind of mentality. And I was just curious as to whether that was a a rational decision or a gut decision.
2: Yeah. I think it has to be both, I would say. Uh, I think there needs to be traction, you know? I think that's, that's an important one that, that you feel sort of, that there is a, a pull more than, if you just do it on gut feeling, I did that for another project. Um, yeah, that was a, a very up, uphill battle. Um, so gut feeling is good, but you need some traction, I think, as well. Otherwise, uh, it can be very hard.
0: Cool and that that traction came in the actual uh came in the form of actual users for you Because you talked about textiles as well yeah as well, I think we we did
2: have a bunch of users um, and you know the numbers were good for starters, but you know I think textiles it's quite an intense vetting process, and you know they only picked i think there was ten companies out of i don't know a thousand maybe or something, so you know. Uh, that gave us a lot of validation right there uh, and sort of also the opportunity to have that kind of mentorship and all that stuff um, I think you know I think the validation was mainly that that's that's what I would classify as traction
0: mm. so the, those are the kind of an endorsement by yeah exactly people. exactly cool excellent now I'm, I'm I'm going to broaden this conversation a bit out a bit wider because i'm I'm intrigued by we were talking about this earlier and i'm fascinated by this idea of entrepreneurship as a journey of uh, consciousness raising or enlightenment or however you want to talk about it um and it links for me to this uh idea of fear of failure what does that mean and fear of failure where does that fear come from um uh this idea of validation and what validation means, uh, and and how we can operate um, more. I'm trying to think of the word, I think more intuitively, um, to f- because sometimes when something's really complex, it's hard to make create a rational decision, and most yeah. of the time we we create irration- irrational decisions anyway. But at the same time, so with an eye of the. You know, there's traction validation. There's something actually, uh, some kind of tangible um, business around that. But there's that fear thing, that thing that's actually stopping us from actually stepping out and where that comes from. Uh, and I was going to say, partly to do with ego uh, and whether ego and fear are related. So I, I just thought I'd throw it out. This is a bit of a more esoteric discussion rather than... Yeah. Pure startup I thought you know we're uh, enlightened people on this call today we've we've been around uh it'd be interesting to get your interested to get your takes around um i should say the questions around what what holds you back and how is that related to 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 where we come from and in terms of our history and our and our, and our beliefs let's put it that way go for Alan <coughs>
1: Fascinating question. Great, great uh, subject to look at. For me, um, it comes back to the original why, because we're we're relating this all to some kind of enterprise or business or mission, even if it isn't uh, a business in the sense of making primarily to make money. There's some purpose uh, that, that needs, though, a structure that handles money to help it work and then if you go back to the why for each of us as entrepreneurs i think that's where the answer lies because if the why and and also linked closely to that is the who are we doing this for question linked very closely is anything other than for myself in in a growthful learning based way so i'm being that's very tight i might be giving it too harsh a definition so that is of course a very wide other other reasons almost all of them are going to be either ego linked or linked to a parent or a sibling or relationship the one that the entrepreneur is trying to please or satisfy, and then by definition, from the journey starting down that route, when things go wrong, that then you 've got the language of failure equals bad equals negative. However, if I go back to that very tight definition that I made to begin with, and I get that I 'm doing deliberately tightly to an extreme, then anything that happens is good. Whatever comes up is learning full, is knowledge giving, is rich in experience for ourselves and others. So for me, it's really important to be very honest with ourselves about why we're setting off down that particular path.
0: Cool. So it, it sounds like there is, um, if you create this context that you're doing this to please someone else, or there's this thing, oh I'm going to create this business because I want to show my parents that I can create a business. Um, then it becomes this binary. If I don't create it, I'm bad. If I create it, I'm good. However, it's more, if it's more internally driven, it's this, I'm exploring, possibility i'm just i'm i'm on this path i'm on a journey where it goes i don't know i'm exploring the world i'm driven by a need to to find things out um and along the way i need to make things happen and and that's whether it's building a business or getting paid for my time i have to be conscious of of that aspect of the world that i need to, to fit into but if I do it wrong or if I get sacked or something goes wrong, it isn't that I'm bad. I, I just, it wasn't, I learned that wasn't the thing for me or I learned that's something I'm not good at. Is that, mm. that? Mm. reflection? Mm. I don't know what what your experience of of that journey has been like Sasha.
2: Yeah, that's really interesting. I love that so much. That's really good because I think it, it so I was chatting with, um, uh, a, a guy, um, sort of a new friend sort of today, uh, who runs uh, the Change Maker Exchange, which is a program by Ashoka to help uh, young impact entrepreneurs. So they're all about social impact. And um, he was telling me how they, they start, um, people who are part of this community start with a four-day retreat. And it's all about learning uh, to let go of the ego. Um, because in the end, it's not about you, it's about the impact that you want to create. And uh, the important thing is, you know, to maximize that impact that you're having. Um, so that, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a great idea to, to like, teach a bunch of entre- young entrepreneurs sort of, it's, you know, don't make it about yourself, make it about, like, what you're trying to achieve. And I feel like that comes back sort of to the traction part if you're on this journey, then you have to like follow wherever it's pulling you to, you know, and your original goal might've been somewhere over here, but then you realize, no, no, the energy, you know, like there is something, the need is somewhere else actually. And then you have to kind of go with the flow in that sense, which I think sometimes is difficult because there's so much uncertainty and you wonder like, is this really the direction? Should I stick with my original idea? Um, And, you know, I feel like letting go of the ego and being like, oh, I was wrong initially and there's a better idea that, you know, I just figured out on the way and then follow that, uh, you know, is is that's a hard decision to make. But oftentimes, you know, uh, that's the path because I think if you look at a lot of other stories of entrepreneurs and people build things. It's always, it's never a straight line, right? <laughs> um, so you got to embrace that,
0: embrace the, the, uncertainty. the
2: squiggly, the squiggly line.
0: <laughs> so I'm interested by when you talk about the ego, particularly in the context of these Ashoka, um, was it change you called them, change maker program? Change
2: makers exchange. It's quite a long name, but change
0: yeah. makers exchange, maybe needs a rebrand, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, within that context, is the ego just the, the idea of, of uh, I'm more important than everything else or I, is it's about my status?
2: Yeah, I think that's how he was explaining it, that people do things for their own benefit or the way people see them. And then they kind of forget what this is, that it's really about impact. So one example he gave, which I thought was, was a really good one was about doing partnerships, right? You're like... Uh, the, the the value of partnering with someone else you know it might create a lot more impact but you're losing control and you have to be okay with that because in the end why are you doing this to have an impact and having control doesn't really matter necessarily right
0: hmm. No, fascinating. so i thought
2: that was interesting because in the end you know that the control thing is like you know you you build something you put a lot of energy into it and then sharing it can, can, can be an intense experience.
1: Um, I think that's a fascinating point, Sasha. I, I, the way you've explained it um, because we're obviously having a, a chat and moving along quite quickly. It, I wonder whether when the, when the example was given um, of partnership and losing control, if you think back to it, what was the person saying that it was a binary thing, that either you do have control or don't have control? And the, the reason I ask that is I think it's far more subtle than that. I think that some partnerships um, can work very well when there are very well-defined areas of, of control and who controls what, um, and others don't. When, when it's undefined or assumed. And in, in the context of what we're talking about, let's say that the, the service, the of service that the original entrepreneur wanted to give to the world is really well-meant and less ego and very much needed product or service that people really benefit from. So all good stuff and there's an, a, a vision, a dream of hundreds of thousands, millions of people using it in some way, I'd then say supposing a partner comes along and that can help us get there, that entrepreneur get there, maybe with matching skills or complementary skills or funding or whatever it happens to be. I'd, I'd then worry if, if, if some of the control that's given away is to do with the actual dream and why, why that particular product or service has been launched and the effect it wants to have. And that's where you get this classic argument of purpose versus money, those tensions that can happen. So I think it's really quite a subtle thing about this control element and not just on-off binary, if that makes sense. It's quite hard for me to explain what I'm trying to say, I think.
2: No, I think that makes total sense, right? You you want it to be a, a good partnership, right? in In the first place, and I feel like a good partnership is when you're aligned, uh, sort of in 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 terms of why or impact, right? I like that they were thinking very much about, you know, they were talking about social impact, but I think impact is is still an interesting way of thinking about it, because um, you're trying to help people or create some kind of product, right? And in the end, there's an impact, does something. But yeah, I agree very much with your point. I don't think it's, it shouldn't be a binary thing. And it is very subtle and much more complex. So definitely a challenge in itself.
0: So when I heard you both speak, I, I thought that there's two, I, in my head, there were two levels of control that I was thinking about, two types of control. So when you started talking, Alan, you talk about having uh, ownership in a sense of different areas of this of this initiative. So I i control marketing, you control operations, or I control uh, business development and you control delivery. And, and there's that very clear within a partnership who's who's controlling what. Um, and so that made sense to me as a way of effectively working with someone. And I'm not sure if that was what you you were alluding to. And then the other level. That I was following you on, there was kind of control of the vision, and it's um, and there's a, a member of our community um, called Tom Nixon, who has this idea, this approach called source theory, where the vision for something always comes from one person, it's never from two, and then one person has a has an idea and they want to make it happen, and then someone else comes along to support them but this person comes along to support them because they have a vision for something that they see can be fulfilled by following this other person's vision. So I see that working wrong if this person wants to overtake this person's vision but it can potentially work as long as they are control enough of their egos, at least this person is, to say, okay, no, no, I I will follow your vision, your vision is good, I will trust your vision, you're in control of the main vision, and I will stay with you as long as my vision is being fulfilled at the same time. Does that make sense? Is that that the right distinction? Was I on the right lines?
1: Yeah, for me it is, because I see two Venn diagrams in the example you've given, with person A, person B, and then then spending a lot of time working out how they intersect and making sure that on the really important stuff they do on the less neg- more negotiable subtleties there may be some slight differences uh, but they, there's an intersection there and i think as long as there's a good solid intersection that's fine and then you can extend that analogy out to 300, three, thirty, three hundred, three thousand. 300 3000 30,000 people. Um, And that's why I think a lot of our discussions, Happy Startups is so great because so much of it is about getting the why, the vision, the dream really clear and getting lots of people behind it. uh, And then getting something very powerful synergy from having a group of people together all have that wonderful intersection of those Venn diagrams. And they may all have slightly personal reasons for being in there with that team but basically pulling in the same direction
0: and i was going to bring it back to what sasha was talking about in terms of um traction so you want to go this way and actually traction is pulling you this way and so if you're if you're not too ego driven you'll say all right actually we'll go where where the pull is so there's a question here um another way of I'd, I'd look at this is um, there's what I need in terms of the things that I'd like to get out of my work and then there's what this idea is showing me what the market the people the users need and it's pulling me in this direction so there's this thing now It's like actually I'm gonna sacrifice what I need to follow this direction but then what does that mean for my energy My enthusiasm, my my longevity within this organization, as opposed to actually, I need this. (laughs) This is what I want to create in the world. Does that make Uh, sense?
2: Yeah, that's great. But I think there's one more vector in this. Okay, (laughs) I love it. Fraction. There's. I think ego is a funny one. I wonder, but I think there's passion is the other one, right? Or or and passion is maybe an interesting mix because I, I feel like. You can be passionate about a lot of things, and are like that's Those are the things also that you're maybe really good at. So, I think you have to make sure that the traction and your passion kind of align or like are sort of in the right same direction. Um, and then, I think you can just ditch the ego because I don't know if I, I are there like you know, because is there anything good about an ego? You know, I, I don't know. I think I think we, we get very much lost in and, and I think ego is like a very like. It's impact for me, like I'll, I want to become rich or famous, right? Um, versus you don't need to be rich or famous to be happy, right? I think if you're, if you're doing the things you love doing, that's your passion, and you're helping other people, I think
0: you can be very happy and fulfilled in a sense, right? Um, so let me um, uh, <laughs> offer an alternative definition then of this ego thing. So on one hand, uh, there's a classic idea of ego, someone who's just full of themselves and they think they're the most important thing ever. Um, And then a definition of ego that I've been playing around with or trying to understand is this, it's your identity in terms of the beliefs and values that you hold. Um, It's the core of who you are. And then there's this uh, thing about... um, some kind of core emotional needs around that. So, whether for me, there's a need for learning, a need for connection, a need for contribution. And so, looking again at these two uh, vectors going in different directions, if if traction says, "All right, we need to do this scalable thing that's repetitive and it's just about making the same thing again and again and again for more and more people and building an organization around that," and I actually have a need for learning and always doing new things, and exploring new ideas, then there's this interesting sort of tension then, where the business, the idea, the traction is pulling you one way, but it's not in the same direction as to what makes you come alive, for instance, or what makes you excited or energized. Um, I don't know if you've had that kind of experience, or, or, or seen that that issue, and, and what that means for someone. Uh, when they're in that situation, particularly if you're running a business and you don't like it anymore. Alan, you've had experience with, with coaching people.
1: Yeah. And, and in in one of my own businesses, in almost identical discussion with a, with a then partner, uh, the then partner was the technical guru who'd come up with the most incredible product patented product idea that was engineering genius and in its purest form it wasn't commercial enough to go beyond of a relatively small size in terms of its acceptance in the market and in fact he had an internal struggle let alone with me which was a separate discussion and it was an argument about he also had a deep need to be recognized really big and that he'd been struggling for years and had genuinely come up with something really revolutionary in in his field like a Joni Ive of that nature in his very in a narrow field and um, in the end it wasn't binary because it wasn't well, in order to to give, get yourself recognized and acknowledged worldwide in your field for your brilliance, um, you have to give up the invention. The conversation became, is it possible to soften it, to dilute it, to broaden it, to make it a little bit easier to um, Uh, to use, you know, so that it become more acceptable to the target, to the market, Um, but it won't be quite as purist as you'd intended. And that's what we, that's what happened. And I, I was arguing very strongly for, because I was the interface between him and the market. And I was very clear about, to your point, Carlos, what the market was pulling us towards. It was black. It was very simple because so many people were asking for the same thing. And so we ended up with a compromise and it worked and it was successful and he always complained behind the scenes sort of muttered under his breath. If only the original idea could have gone as well as this. And ironically, after the the, the brand and his engineering, was accepted in the, the original invention and under the umbrella of success that the brand had was able to almost reintroduce it as something new and revolutionary, which then had a, a veneer of acceptability because it was, you know, very strange, uh, interesting experience, but that was exactly like that and it caused an awful lot of arguments and bad feeling along the way.
0: Wow. And did he get the recognition he was looking for? in that?
1: Absolutely. With bells on. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes.
0: But it, it wasn't in the way that he thought he was
1: going to get No, it. that's what annoyed him. And to his ego, uh, if we, although this is in retrospect, and we probably weren't as conscious so many decades ago uh, as this discussion, but that kept on whipping him. The negative side of his ego kept on whipping himself with, you should have, you could have, you bad boy, you really should have done it this way, not that way. Almost taking away from the enormous recognition and and respect and genuine success that he had. The money was less important, not about the commercial success, but the recognition of genuinely different thinking that he brought.
0: Wow. So it sounds like he had a set of beliefs that he, he felt were right and true. Uh, and because they weren't, the things weren't panning out according to those beliefs, he was creating this resistance to going that direction, even though that would have been more effortless for him. A little self sabotage going on. Yes. Wow. You had an experience. But I think that? that's
2: the, the ego is always sabotaging you in some yeah. way. <laughs>
0: It's always crippling you with some kind of horrible. Ah, you know you're not good enough. That's not the way to do it. You would, you know, you were said you're going to do this with your life, and now it's this way. What are you doing with your life? Yeah, is that all you're trying to say? <laughs> yeah. Yes.
2: yes, I mean, I think yeah.
1: You you're, should have. have. We're a fraud. Fraudsters.
0: I think, and this is um. So I'm going to loop it back to this conversation about um entrepreneurship and this and this kind of like path to raising your consciousness uh and also and the reason why i'm I'm interested in lipping this back because i think if we are let's put it this way maybe there's a lot of people out there with amazing ideas and the thing that's really and or not even amazing ideas potential to create Amazing ideas because they might their first idea is usually rubbish anyway, and it takes a few ideas before they get to the right one. But the thing that's holding them back is is this sense of ego and this inability to see beyond. And I think I'm thinking about you, Sasha. You're talking about this complexity; it's hard to predict what's going to happen next. It's it's all a bit unknown. You've got to be comfortable with the uncertainty in a sense. and so you you predict that things should go one way, but actually they're going another way uh, and actually, if you like in Alan's story, if you just followed where the energy was going, you'll probably get what you want and what you need but that that act of flipping, stopping letting go of, of that expectation, that seems to me the, the the crucial bit, whether you're at the beginning or in the middle of it. I don't know if that makes sense that, that, does that work? Is that right as
2: a, as a hypothesis? I would think so. And the thing is, I think the hard part is you might have to do it more than once. <laughs> right. And, uh, that's, that those are, those are hard decisions to make. You know, I have, a, for example, a friend of mine, this is a good story that, uh, you know, they, uh, there are two friends, they worked at, a uh, at a startup together. They were making, um, uh, exercise machines. There was all kinds of innovative, they were very innovative exercise machines. They, but they were they were out of, you know, this was their first job out of school. That's, that they, that's where they started working together at this other person's startup. And then they decided they wanted to start their own startup. And they thought, you know, key management is really an issue, you know, like uh, how do people get into other people's homes and Airbnb? And so they started working on a lockbox. That was their original idea. And, you know, Uh, something that you install outside and it's digital. You know, the the lockboxes kind of exist, but they thought we were going to innovate the lockbox. Now, uh, you know, I mean, this is probably like five years later. Uh, They're doing very well. They raised a bunch of rounds. Um, They're making digital access systems. They have a digital access platform. They still make hardware, but it's all about getting into already existing, uh, you know, Um, electronic doors so most offices and co-working spaces have electronic doors and people use fobs right but there's lots of issues with fobs and they basically created a whole platform uh, and a bunch of hardware things that you can plug into the existing infrastructure so it's 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 kind of related but they you know to the lockbox and the key idea but ultimately the product is very very different you know And, and I think they had to like adjust their idea as they went to be like, okay, this lock box thing is not going anywhere, but there's still a problem with access. It's not for Airbnb offices. And so that was kind of their journey.
0: no, uh, <clears throat> I, th- I think that's the key. There is like, what is the objective is your objective to just get this idea around the idea that you had initially out into the world or, uh, or you just kind of, I have this image when you start talking about you know the the early pioneers exploring the new worlds. They were they were looking for India and they found the Americas. Hmm. They could have said, "Ah, bugger this! I'm going to go back the other way and see if I can find India the other way," or "Let's explore the Americas and see what we can get there." Notwithstanding all the slavery and all the rubbish that comes with it, but (laughs) the idea of actually uh, where the the ultimate goal was to find new worlds where new wealth would be created. Um so there's a broader vision for, for the idea rather than the idea itself. That's what I'm the image i got in my head and how if that if entrepreneurship is a is a voyage of discovery in a sense, then then uh dead ends is normal and that's part of uh, part of the journey and part of the the beauty of the journey I say. And then if you layer it on top of that and this is getting me getting getting a bit philosophical now our lives are essentially a voyage of discovery it isn't just some linear thing we're going to go from from birth to death as quickly as possible as efficiently as possible with the most with the least energy spent and avoiding any stops along the way or it's actually it's an amazing road trip where we just discover loads of stuff hardship ups and downs and and that's what makes it interesting.
1: I think it's Hunter S. Thompson, uh, or, but if not, it's someone like him, one of the Gonzo journalists. And I'm I uh, send my apologies through the ether to the person who wrote this because I don't remember the exact quote, but I can remember the meaning of it. And Carlos, you'd love it. And I'm going to find it and share it with both of you, because what it's something like is that most people view life and approaching death as then coming to it sort of quietly, sort of fading away in a sort of sense of acceptance. Whereas this person said, absolutely not. We should be screaming along, yelling, you know, like I think he may have used an analogy of a car sort of, all over the place with the brakes and the accelerator absolutely refusing to go and and coming in uh resisting all the way kicking and screaming all the way for life and that we're busy and therefore i'm sorry i'm I'm doing a terrible disservice but the image was beautifully written and the image is that it's very much about that spirit of adventure right up to the last moment
0: Yeah. No, I love it. And I think
1: that's great. That's great.
0: I, yeah, I, I, I think that's for me, that's so I, I, um, I heard a, a definition of creativity um the other day, which I really love. And I think relates to what hopefully you're, you're talking about and creativity is choosing curiosity over fear.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah
0: and and that's whether that's your life or entrepreneurship it's just this is an interesting journey i'm going to go down this path and i'm going to try it out and if it doesn't work well that was an experience yes and um but and the 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 other point or, or the the counterpoint to that is like i i'm not going to try anything because it's scary uh, and I'd rather just play it safe all the time because that way I won't get hurt and nothing will go wrong.
1: Yep. Yeah, here we go. It, does this work, guys?
0: Right, here we go. Here we go. Boom. We're gonna have some text going across the screen when I do the post production. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you are you screen sharing?
1: Oh sorry, I did oh, it no, in, it's the the
0: chat. Chat. It's in the chat. Oh it's in the chat. Oh gosh life should not be a journey to the grave with the intention of arriving safely in a pretty and well-preserved body but rather to skid in broadside in a cloud of smoke thoroughly used up totally worn out and loudly proclaiming a oh, wow yeah that works
1: isn't that amazing
0: <laughs> that that's it it's like what are we going to take over ourselves to the grave like a uh, a, a pretty little picture of a nice picket fence in the and a house and the car in front and two perfectly formed children, or a massive Instagram filled of pictures and images and videos of amazing things and adventures we've had for all our lives. Maybe you don't even need the Instagram. No, no. well, that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my massive uh, buy cloud account with all these photos and videos I've been yeah, taking. Right. <laughs> <pictures of life. laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. I feel like the, you know one thing that 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 that's been kind of like came up. Like I had to think about while you are you know you're you're talking about sort of uh, like recently uh, was sort of the trying too hard. About it so badly and you think that's the right way or that's the right thing and maybe it's your ego maybe it's not and you you try so hard that it's not fun anymore right and I think that's yeah I mean that's happened to me and I feel like that's I've learned sort of the hard way that that's maybe not a good thing you know I feel like when things are a little like I think you need to persevere and sometimes there are times when things are not fun it's not always about fun Um, But you need to learn something or it needs to be enjoyable. You need to feel passionate about it. There needs to be something, right? I think when all that is gone, that's usually a good time to, like, stop and reflect um, and maybe reconsider. I think the reflection is also a good thing that I think sometimes I get, you know, carried away and so passionate about it. But then it gets exhausting and I, I get burned out and I forget to actually take a step back. and think about what where am i going what am i doing
1: right um and the, another <laughs> uh, it's a qu- theme of quotes this one i can remember exactly a, fa- a uh-huh. fanatic is someone who redoubles their efforts but who has forgotten their original ne- aim mm.
0: oh, nice no and i, I think like <laughs> it's that ability to pause and reflect um uh, that's for me, that, that, that's something I've learned, particularly over the past few years of doing these altitude retreats um, and sometimes it feels like taking a week out to just go away somewhere when you're busy seems like a crazy thing to do but being able to pause, reflect and then through that either readjust the course or redouble your energies on the right and the same course because you're more confident about this is the right path. That for me is what I got from what you're saying is like you can either just work hard and there's nothing wrong with hard work, it's just that hard work for the sake of hard work is senseless. Hard work in the service of something that you believe is the right thing to to aim for and, and is somewhere where you want to go, then then that feels like a worthwhile use of energy. Um
1: what we haven't tackled though, which, which came from the beginning from something Sasha said and might be worth having a go at, I've got, I don't have an answer to this, but how do we, how do entrepreneurs tell, how do they make a judgment or go with gut feeling of the difference between it needs more energy, it needs more effort versus um, this really isn't, a, this is a dead end now. Uh, uh, this product this idea this service you know an image of uh, an amazing image that people start with uh, with Sasha's uh curve you know right of being brilliant idea great idea brilliant uh potential and then down that curve somewhere when things get really tough but sometimes going through that does produce incredible results mm. and Throughout, through anything, uh, thanks to perspiration and commitment, and other times we're flogging a dead horse. How <laughs> on earth are we supposed to tell the difference?
0: So what I'm going to offer, this is, and because we're right at the end now, uh, and I, I think to leave people on a cliffhanger, <laughs> I would give you each thirty seconds. Let's let's take a few fifteen seconds just to think of one. A, a, an answer, not necessarily the answer, the right answer, but a way that you would consider looking at that uh, ability to, to make that decision. and feel free to pipe up when you feel like you've got something you could you could end on.
1: Yeah, I've, what came up for me is enjoyment of the journey or not. So there can be resistance from the marketplace, difficulties in, in the business, um, all sorts of difficulties. But if I, or the entrepreneur, in spite of those difficulties, Is enjoying it overall feels worthwhile getting up in the morning looking forward to work overall go keep going but then there comes a moment when that feeling switches and that's probably the sign when it when um, and we're not we may not be admitting it to ourselves but the feeling is there that's the time I think to say okay stop try something else
0: brilliant thanks so.
1: yeah so, I, I, I very much agree with that. I think
2: uh, I was gonna say, I don't think it's a binary thing, and I we kind of talked about it it's, this is a, it's kind of a great summary. It's not a binary thing. It's probably more of a a mix of things of, you know, uh, where the traction is there still traction? do you feel energized about it? Are you passionate about it? Does it feel good in your gut? So I think it's a number of those things. And when, you know, one or two or you know three of those fail, uh, then probably it's, but I think you have to, enjoyment is a good sort of all encompassing, you know, you have to be excited. And if you're not, then, you know, I think that because I feel also like the, the excitement is a, a huge source of energy and you can do things that you might usually not be able to do. Uh, you work harder, you know, uh, be more creative, like, and you have to be relaxed. I think oftentimes, you know, uh, when you're trying to solve new problems, it's, it's all about being creative. And you can't be creative if you're stressed or upset or angry or tired, right? Which tired sometimes is maybe okay. You can uh, dream yourself into a new solution, maybe. But, um, yeah, I think being excited and having that energy is really important.
0: Love it. Yes, excitement, energy. When you go, when you were talking, I, I, the image I had is like you're walking down a road and there's just a corner, a blind corner, yeah? and you have no idea what's around that corner and how do you step around that corner. You could either stand at the cor- just before the corner and imagine all sorts of horrible things are happening and try and rationalize the probability of it being a good choice to go around the corner or not, or you just step around a bit curiously and say, okay, when I get there I'll deal with it and it will be fun and be interesting and I'm just alive so that's amazing anyway (laughs) and it will I'll find the answer and be confident that I'll find the answer when it comes and I feel that's connecting to your thing of enjoyment of just being in the moment of it happening and then sensing all right I'll know in my gut that this is the time to stop uh, rather than trying to rationalize so much that you get analysis paralysis.
2: Hmm. Cool. Cool. Yeah. The corner.
0: It's all about the corner. It's all about the corner. What's around that corner? <laughs> well, I've had a lovely chat with you guys. <laughs> you. It's Likewise. Been, it's been, uh, it, it's got lots of cogs whirring and thoughts, um, popping up. Um, I, thank you very much for joining me.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: And uh, whoever's watching the recording, I hope you found this useful. I think there were some really uh, really deep, deep answers there for you. Or at least there's th- three guys' <laughs> opinions of what the world looks like. Um, hopefully that's given you food for thought. Um, but until next time, uh, thank you, Alan. Thank you, Sasha and i will see you again hopefully in a, in a couple of weeks or another time on this call
2: yeah absolutely thanks carlos take care and thank you, you thanks good to meet you sasha bye take bye. care Bye-bye. bye bye bye